This is Bob Cudmore. My history books, Hidden History of the Mohawk Valley, Stories from the Mohawk Valley, and the satirical book, You Can't Go Wrong, are available on Amazon.com and bookstores everywhere. In my hometown of Amsterdam, you can find my books at the Old Peddler's Wagon on Church Street and the Book Hound on Main Street. You're listening to The Historians, a weekly podcast heard on BobCutmore.com. For information on advertising on this program, please email bobcutmore at yahoo.com. We start out with Jeff Wilkin, a reporter at the Daily Gazette newspaper in Schenectady. For years now, Jeff has been presiding over a history picture page. It runs every Monday in the Daily Gazette. Boy, Bob, I'm glad you asked that. It's great fun for me. We've probably been doing it about 12 years now. It started when we had a contest, well, actually a reader participation thing, where we asked people to send in their old photos. Mm-hmm. And we were going to choose 10 or 12 and print the best ones. We got a great response to the uh, to the contest. Well, we gave out prizes. And I think we, uh, out of the 10 or 12, we chose with some really nice shots. But we got about 60, 70 pictures. And before we gave them back, we copied these things and so we could, you know, do a weekly feature about this, run some of these pictures that we received. And people seem to really like the uh, the, uh, the shots. And because we've got about a million negatives in our, our warehouse in the basement, we said, well, why don't we start using some of the old pictures? And that's how our Capital Region scrapbook has evolved. We, uh, we find pictures and we run them again. I always look at it. Is it, I mean, you, how do you tell me we have ratings, you know, but, yeah. you know, is it a popular feature? I mean, it must be because it keeps running. Well, it it does. We get a lot of responses from this. I was on a, another radio show with one of your uh, friends from, from uh, can I mention his name, uh, Paul Vandenberg at uh, Talk 1300 over the racing season, and that's the first thing he mentioned. He goes, I always look at that thing. And uh, everybody, I, a lot of people I talk to, they, they mention that page. And for me, Bob, I think it's kind of like the old candid camera TV show. Mm-hmm. You might have had your picture in the paper during the 1960s or 50s or 70s, and all of a sudden you open up the paper and it's 30 years later, and there you are again. And your friends call and say, look, we see your yep, picture in the yep, paper again. Yep. And I think that's kind of a kick. Yeah, it is. And I've seen my own picture. In fact, the last time that happened, I was in a picture. It was at Proctor's. And it's a woman who's a wonderful artist, uh, you know, musical artist from uh, Amsterdam, Maria Ricky O'Brice, who wrote the Amsterdam Oratorium right. and so forth. But at the time, she was doing programming at Proctor's, and she was putting together this Christmas show. So mm-hmm. I'm on, you know, we're sitting on the stage, and there's Maria, and there's me, and there's the, I forget the right. name of the gentleman playing the organ, you know, the, right. the right. mighty organ they have. Or, yeah, the Goldie. Goldie. Right. But so you, you, every week you pick a th- different theme, or how does that Sometimes you would try to go with the seasons, you know, if it's the holiday seasons, like for uh, last uh, this past Monday, it was Veterans Day, we, the Veterans Day Parade mm-hmm. in Schenectady in 66. For this coming uh, Monday, we're doing the, uh, the Gazette Holiday Parade back in uh, 1989. So we try to keep seasonal on this thing, and uh, that's that's what makes it, I think, a success. Christmas or, Christmas or holiday pictures show up in November, December, and spring, summer, we've got their seasons for it, and it's a, it's a fun thing to do. And the Gazette does do a lot with history. I mean, we do. There's my column. Yep. And you do other pieces about history. Yeah, it's fun to do it, you know, especially when you can find a really, really nice subject where we've got some current and some old pictures, and that's that's the fun thing. And before I forget, Bob, uh, 
it's always nice when I get uh, any kind of chance to talk to folks about their pictures. And by the way, we just did Amsterdam High School's uh, class of was a '64 reunion page yes. this year, which right. was great fun to do. Tim Kolosia, the great uh, Amsterdam basketball player, right. posting up uh, Lou Alcindor against Power Memorial in those days it was a great shot. But people that, that have old pictures, Bob, I can't stress enough: can they just write the names, things, years on the backs? Because someday these pictures will be handed down to the next generations, and they aren't going to know anything about oh, them. True. Yeah, and I. You know, I'm guilty of that myself. You know, and now we have so much more uh, opportunity, like this gathering this morning of the media and people. Right. But, uh, you know, right. you know, people are taking pictures on their cell phones. Uh, right. What's going to happen to all that stuff? Right. I wonder about that myself. There's going to be all <laughs> this know? data out there. But if, even the hard copies, any kind, just say where you are, who's with you, and when this thing was taken. It'll really help our future generations. From a newspaper which does a lot with history, Jeff Wilkin at the Daily Gazette, we go to Historic Amsterdam League. They always have something interesting going on. We spoke with Dan Weaver of the league the other day. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Bob. Dan Weaver uh, operates the Bookhound bookstore in downtown Amsterdam. He has joined us over the years on the morning show uh, with his op-eds from the Sunday Gazette. Right. I'm going to miss that. Yeah, I'll miss <laughs> having you on. And uh, he also is active with Historic Amsterdam League. And, uh, well, you've got a couple of contests to announce today. Right. Well, first of all, we formed a, a new committee, the Historic Preservation Committee, which actually was in our bylaws, but for some reason nobody had expressed much interest. So finally, Jackie Murphy and I got together and decided to get this going, and we had a first meeting. We had six people show up, and we have some goals, which I'm not going to go over today, but just to get things going and to get people interested in historic preservation, we decided to run a couple contests. And the first contest is to try to find the oldest house in Amsterdam that's still being used as a house. The reason we're phrasing it that way is because uh, if we just said oldest house or oldest building, mm-hmm. obviously Guy Park Manor would... would yeah, because it's from the colonial yeah. era, yeah. But Guy Park Manor is not being used as a house anymore. So this way, mm-hmm. we're looking for the, the oldest house that's still being used as a house. And to give people a little clue as... To, we don't know where it is, mm-hmm. but... We can give a little clue as to where we think it might be. It's obviously not in downtown because downtown was torn down and rebuilt several times over the years. And it's obviously not in that outer circle of Amsterdam because that's all new. Mm -hmm. But just that ring of houses around downtown, uh, (laughs) it may very well be in there. And other people have suggested the same thing. So we're Mm -hmm. looking for people to nominate uh, houses but it has to be still being used as a house. Right. I mean, okay. it could be vacant. That's oh, it okay. could be vacant. It could be vacant, but, uh, you know, we're looking for the oldest house that's still, that's still a house. It's not a museum or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So what you're looking for people to do is to submit yeah. an answer? Right. And uh, with some proof if they have it. I mean, if they think their house is it, you know, and they, they have a deed or a letter or something. <laughs> we got to fly in here, Bob. Yes, they're... it's like Obama did. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you know, submit some kind of proof if you have it. If you don't, uh, you can just submit the house, the address, with reasons why you think it might be the oldest, and then Hal will take it from there and do some research. And it's a contest. Is there a prize? Yeah, it's not a big prize, but it's a, <laughs> a it's, it's a nice prize, I think, a Rockton Tour uh, book. So if you don't have that Rockton Tour book, here's a chance to to win that. And and to be honest with you, when those tour books sell out we don't reprint them they're gone in mm. fact the very first one 
uh, Heart of Amsterdam tour book is totally gone. I believe the Southside one's completely gone. You can't get it. Mm-hmm. So if you don't if you don't get one when they're available, you, your chances of getting one are very slim. Okay, so they when they're gone, they're gone. They're gone, right? Well, that is interesting. Um, you live in an old house. I do, but it's not in the city. I know, it's, it's just the outside the city. So <laughs> right. Otherwise, it would probably qualify. And your house is also dates from the colonial era. Yeah, no. in the 1760s. Mm. But it was a, a you know poorer person's home. It was a a post and beam. Well, it is a post and beam farmhouse. Probably the materials that built it were taken right from the property. Hmm. It wasn't like uh, Sir William Johnson's where you know, he had master craftsmen come in and probably some of the materials were brought in from elsewhere. Who knows? Hmm. You know? Well, a little story, if you can stand it. I mean, it, kind of relating some of the things that are going on. When the uh, news reporter uh, Paul Grandal was here uh, yesterday from the Times Union doing a right. story about me leaving a WVTL, uh, you know, we talked about this building. Right. You know, and he had some sort of telling comments about this building, which is from the 70s. It's got a carpet on the walls, which is, you know, was standard at radio stations for a long time. Right. It sounds like maybe it's not even safe. I don't really know. But but anyway, I remember one time when I was doing a show uh, here with Ron Birch. Right. You know, Ron. Yes. Who's an architectural historian. Right. And I said to him, well, you know, this building, will people try to preserve it someday? Mm. He said, well, if it lasts, he said, the trouble with a lot of the buildings that were built, let's say, in the era of this one, and I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but my hunch is the 70s or something like that, um, that this was, a, I think, probably a prefab structure of some sort. Right. But uh, it, it is, you know, a classic in its way. I mean, anything's a classic. Right. It lasts long enough. Well, my son, who is, you know, young, he's very much impressed with the 70s. And his apartment's all decorated with record albums, movie posters, all kinds of stuff from the 70s. Right. And to me, it's the 70s. Well, that was when I was grew up, so it's not that big yeah, of a deal. Not big a deal. <clears throat> but, yeah. Anyway. You know, maybe the house from the Brady Bunch, something like that, <laughs> might might be appealing to somebody today. But, it, you know, it wasn't to me. Mm. Well, or, for example, the last strip mall. Re- yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember here in Amsterdam or the, when the Big N came in, you know, it was over... Uh, you know, on Route 30 now where I think Alpen House is. Yes, you know, right. So, well, anyway. Well, one thing with with uh, New York State, with their his- historic preservation, they don't consider anything unless it's at least 50 years old. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, well, but that clock keeps advancing. All it right. does. Well, a little digression there, but find the oldest house in the city of Amsterdam is one of your right. goals. And, um, well, we have another contest. Maybe we'll ask you after you talk about that to explain how people send in the stuff or who uh, the person to contact. Your contest number two, seven to save contest. Okay. With this contest, and this is not uh, something we came up with. Other communities have used a similar thing. Uh, is to look for seven structures in Amsterdam that are historic but are also in jeopardy of, you know, something happening to them. Maybe they're going to be demolished or maybe somebody's living in them but they're not being taken care of. Maybe they're vacant, vandalized. Uh, they're in some sort of jeopardy. It does not have to really be a building, though. It could be a park. It could be a historic item. For example, in Kanajahari, they have the dummy light. Now, when the state wanted to remove right. that, people got very upset because that was part of their history. And that's historic preservation takes into consideration things that are important to, the, to that particular community and that are historic. So 
it could be a, something as simple as a dummy light, except mm-hmm. we don't have a dummy light in the Amsterdam, but it could be a clock if there was an outdoor clock somewhere. It could be anything like that. Most people think in terms of buildings, so probably we will get a lot of nominations for buildings, but it doesn't have to be a building. So you want to come up with a list of seven structures that people want to preserve. That want to preserve, that are in some sort of jeopardy. So the two things together, mm. it's historic in nature and in some sort of jeopardy. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting because I know that St. Mary's, is uh, the auxiliary, is doing their house tour. And right. I think one of the houses in particular, I forget which one, is uh, one of the historic mansions, but people are living in it. Right. You know, so it's not really in, in jeopardy at the moment. Exactly. But. Although there are houses, sometimes you, you'll have a historic house with people living in it who aren't appreciative of oh, it. Yeah. And that may be in jeopardy. In fact, the house I bought was like that. Mm-hmm. Now, when we bought it, it was in jeopardy, serious jeopardy. Right. Another year or two, it might have had to come down. It had carpenter ants in it. It had snakes living in it. It had, oh, you, you name right. it. it had, well, they just had an incident like that up the county. Nelliston, Fort Plains. Right. This gentleman had lived there and was kind of an... Oh, it was an important house, the yeah. Wagner House. The yes, Wagner House. Yes. I think they had to tear it down. Yes, and I, I don't understand how the code uh, department in that area let it get to that point, but apparently they did mm. because... You know, code enforcement often is what keeps these buildings from getting to a state where they come down. Yeah. Okay, so seven to save is one contest. Oldest house in the city of uh, Amsterdam still being used as a house. Oh, and I told I, I I was wrong. The oldest house, the prize is going to be a 2015 Amsterdam Icons calendar. Okay. The Rockton Tour Guidebook will go to the seven to save. Okay. So if somebody submits ten houses and... Someone else submits five and someone else 20. Whoever gets the most onto our final list will be the winner. And then, of course, in case of a tie, we'll just pick someone at random. Okay. So let me see if I get it. I, I, yeah, I know. I, I, uh, the person who wins the seven to save contest, what will happen? It, they will win if the person that wins will be the person who has most of their nominations on, that, on our final list mm-hmm. because we will decide from all the lists which seven are to save. Okay. So let's say... Joe Smith has four, four of his end up in the final list, and Mary Smith only ends up with three, then Joe will win. Okay. Now, if there's a tie, then we'll have to have, you know, pull him out of a hat or something. Okay. So the Rockton Tour book will go for seven to save. It, the Amsterdam Icons calendar is going for the first contest because that one involves a little more work on people's part, I think, trying to give reasons why or even document the oldest house mm-hmm. is going to be it's not going to be easy, but no. it, I think it, it's challenging, and, and some people have shown interest already, include one, including one 16-year-old Amsterdam High School Well, that's great. A student, so. And that's, that's good he's interested in that. Right. Because uh, it's uh, back to Paul Grandal again when he was here, because he writes about history. And I don't know how we, well, I guess I do know how we got on the topic, but we were talking about how hard it is to get young people involved in this kind of thing. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a guy up at Amsterdam High School. He's on Facebook. He's got a page on Facebook about Amsterdam that has, I forget how many thousands of people on it, and he comes to my store and buys historic stuff. Really? He's just really into it, and so it's really great to see someone in the next generation who's interested in, in local history. And I think it's good, and Dan Weaver, you said you're now on the newly reformed Historic Preservation Committee. Right. It's good to have somebody like you there who's done this. I mean, you've worked yes. on your house. You know how difficult it is, because a lot of times... Historic preservation gets a bad rap or whatever you want to say. I mean, people say, oh, for crying out loud, what are you doing? You right. Know, just tear it down. And, and sometimes, you know, and I have to say my own personal view is sometimes that 
what you got to do. Exactly. Tear it down. You do have to sometimes. And another thing is sometimes you save the outside, but you have to reconfigure the inside for some other purpose. Mm. And, in fact, a lot of historic preservationists, that's what they do. Because you can't expect an old house to uh, or an old building to do what a modern building can do if you don't make some major changes sometimes mm-hmm. to the inside. So it all depends. Are you creating a museum or are you repurposing a building for something, some modern use? Mm. So how do people uh, submit entries to these contests? Well, they can go to the Historic Amsterdam League's Facebook page and, and message us with nominations. Or they can email them to me, Daniel T. Weaver at gmail.com. And don't forget to T or another Daniel Weaver will get very <laughs> upset with you. You can uh, mail, mail them to uh, me at the Bookhound, 16 Main Street, Amsterdam, New York. Or you can drop them off at the Bookhound if you want to. If you, if you don't use a computer and you just write things out, or even if you print it out, you can just drop them off there to me. The interview with Dan Weaver, the last one that I'll be using on this podcast that was first recorded on my radio show. I ended 10 years of broadcasting at Light 104.7 FM and WVTL AM on November 14th of 2014. Uh, Over the years, I've uh, been in radio mostly on, a little bit off, since 1962. Our final day was marked by the mayor of Amsterdam, Anne Thane. I do encourage all our fellow representatives, citizens, friends, and family to have a final cup of Coffee with Cudmore. Coffee with Cudmore. Light 104.7 and 1570 AM. WVTL. Hi, Bob. Uh, I just wanted to call and, and give you some well wishes uh, on your retirement. My wife Dawn and I have been listening to you for all 10 years, and um, we enjoyed uh, every morning listening to you as much as we could. Barry Weigel from Time Warner Cable Television News covers the Mohawk and Schoharie Valleys. People in the city are just so grateful for what you've done. I can't just, I've been here for a year working in Amsterdam and I can't count the number of times I'm at an event or at a meeting and people are talking about what went on on your show that morning. And that people, right? even calling people out, well, you said on Bob Cudmore yesterday that you, that this, this, this. So it's, uh, it definitely you've played an important role in, uh, in the city here, and I know people just out and about, they certainly want to pass along their thanks. Hi, Bob. It's Patty and Sonia calling. I'm ter- not tearful, but I guess I should be very, very happy. I am very happy for you, and I'm so pleased with what you've done for the community, for the Hageman players back when we were doing plays. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Um, you, you and Audrey came in our performances and brought on our director, Bill Pacelli, For the 10 years of WVTL, I had the honor of working with Jason Aiello. It's been more than an honor working with you for the past 10 years, and uh, anytime I say the words radio, I think Bob Cudmore will will follow. I've probably learned more from you than anywhere in college or working next to anyone else I have in the industry, so I really thank you for that, and uh, I respect you for that. And then with the theme music for now by the great pianist and composer Lee Shaw with Rich Syracuse on bass, Jeff Siegel on drums playing in the background, it was time to end the final show. I'm over time, which I usually don't do, but, you know, it is the last show, and everybody's here. Oh, my goodness, we've got uh, Jeff Wilkin video. We've got uh, Time Warner Cable. we got Channel 13, all uh, shooting video. Miss Audrey's in the background. The marshals are there. That That's it. I'm Bob Cudmore. Thank you for listening, and have a good day today.
people in Common Council of Amsterdam, I direct and hereby do direct that the 14th day of November 2014 shall be known in the city of Amsterdam as Bob Cudmore Day.